Hello, I'm Maddie Savage, introducing you to the inspiring Stockholmers bringing a buzz to Sweden's capital and shaping its future. The Stockholmer. Most entrepreneurs running businesses, if you ask them, you know, would you do this a second time? Most of the most of us would say no. <laughs> I mean, it always turns out to be some sort of roller coaster ride from hell, really. Jacob de Geer is one of Sweden's most successful serial entrepreneurs, working on the launch of four media and tech firms. Since 2010, he's been at the helm of iZettle, the fast-growing payments company that's helping small businesses to go cashless. The Stockholmer went to find out what makes him tick. The Stockholmer. Jacob, thanks very much for having us at iZettle's office here in the Hertiet area of Stockholm. We're looking over the, the Stockholm skyline of part of the business district in the city centre. Let's start by hearing a little bit about your product. It's used by thousands of businesses all over the world these days. But for anyone that hasn't encountered it, what is it in a nutshell? Well, in a nutshell, it's a way for, for small businesses typically to, to take payments. Uh, start off as a, as a pretty standalone uh, payments product. So anyone could take card payments with their cell phone or, or with a smartphone or, or a tablet. And then it kind of evolved and developed into something totally different. So today it's you know, a free point of sales, which is really your, your, uh, the, the way you can handle data as a small merchant. Credit card and debit card readers, so that you can take payments with those. Uh, it's a way of analyzing data. We have uh, other types of financial products on top of on top of the core product. So today we're more of a sort of financial uh, financial service directed towards small businesses. And that success has put you among the top tech companies here in Stockholm. We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, I'd like to go a little bit back to the beginning. Sure. Were you always into entrepreneurship? Was that something that grabbed you growing up? Where has this zest come from? Well, I, I guess it comes from, from my family background. My father is a you know, typical entrepreneur. He, he, he runs a small company, has been running that company for quite some time. And growing up, I've always seen you know, the, the joy he found in doing that. And uh, uh, he, he runs a, a farm outside of Stockholm. And then uh, he, he used to work at one of the big Swedish banks. Uh, left the bank and set up the fund management group, basically. So he worked with that for a couple of years, and, and uh, now he still spends most of his time at the farm. So you were inspired by, by his projects growing up? You know, I, at least I was influenced. I'm not sure whether I was inspired or not, but, uh, you know, further down the road and after, you know, going to... to um, Stockholm School of Economics for a couple of years and trying to understand what I want to to do with my life, I kind of realized that you know spending too much time with a with a, with a bank or being a consultant wasn't really for me. I wasn't really cut out to to do that. And right at that point in time, you know, just outside the window, the first sort of internet boom hit Sweden, and seeing that and seeing sort of the the potential. Uh, of technology and, and uh, kind of realizing what it could potentially mean, uh, you know, it, it just, just got to me and I really want to get into to that business. So that's, that's really why I decided to, to do something within sort of the, the tech sector in Sweden already back in 99 with an affiliate marketing company, uh, sort of digital marketing company really. And what would you say that you learned the most from that experience that has taken you to build the the biggest company of your career so far? Well, a couple of things really. You know, first of all, 
the the joy of uh, of uh, doing something on your own. I, I thought that was uh, you know really an eye opener for me. I thought it was amazing. Uh, also, f- you know, feeling very sort of attached to what you do and uh, coming to the point where there is very sort of blurry line between work and and uh, and. I don't know what you call it, but work and non-work. <laughs> it becomes very, very blurry. I mean, everything that you do kind of falls into work in some way or, or the other. And that was something that you enjoyed that made you want to keep going and building businesses because that's something that a lot of people struggle with, that, that <laughs> line between work and work and life and work-life balance. Yeah, I guess so. But if, if you set up and start your own company, you know, it's effectively a, a baby that you need to care, take care of. And I'm one of those who kind of enjoy that, which gives you a lot of sort of benefits and pleasures and also some, some, some headache from time to time. Talking about your baby then, Izetel, where did the idea come from? Where did the gem come from? Well, it actually came from, from my wife. Um, I was at a place in life and, you know, where I really felt that I could use some more stability, you know, a a nice fixed salary that would actually hit my account on a monthly basis. (laughs) Possibly, you know, a company car and some pension would be nice as well. And then she came home one night in January 2010 and she's uh, she's a sole trader. She sells things in different trade fairs across Sweden, you know, a couple of times a year. And she came home from one of those trade fairs. And effectively, effectively, she told me that she was losing out on business because she didn't take cards because her company was too small and, and sort of the card payments infrastructure was too expensive off by the banks. And then I started looking around and I realized that, you know, there was an enormous segment of companies, roughly 20 million companies across Europe, you know, that were typically too small for, the, uh, you know, the, the bank offering during that time when it came to card payment infrastructure. So that's really what got me got me started. You do now have some rivals, but your business has played a huge role in turning Sweden into the, the closest there is to a cashless society on the planet. 95% of payments now mm. done by card. What do you think it is about Sweden? Or is there something Swedish about that, the fact that this technology was was, was welcomed by the population here? Well, I mean, Swedes are, in general, Swedes are very sort of tech-savvy. Uh, computer literacy is extremely high and, and sort of internet penetration is the most the highest in the world. Uh, I think second after South Korea or something. Um, so, I mean, Swedes tend to, to like new technology, fashion, uh, new things in general. So, which is part of the reason why Sweden is a common sort of test bed for, for many sort of international companies to try out their products. And they know if it flies here, it, it will probably fly mo- in mo- most other places as well. So I, I think, you know, that's uh, it's a mentality, really. Do you want to see Sweden 100% cashless? Mm, no, not really. Why not? Uh, you know, I think there... There's not only a charm in, in, in cash, but I think there's a need not only from from the perspective that, that cash is actually, you know, it, it fills a, a certain purpose, but also from a from an integrity point of view, I think cash fills a, a certain role. So. I mean, that that's the response, I guess, to, to critics who've pointed out some of the challenges of a cashless society, such as those on the margins who might not have access to mm-hmm. bank accounts, and also 
wanting to make purchases where you have some privacy attached to your purchase? I mean, you, you must get asked these kind of questions a lot. Well, I think our ambition from day one has really been to, to kind of democratize electronic payments in a way. So uh, not saying that we want to, to uh, convert 100% of, of the market as such, but you know, to a very big extent, this sort of cashless society thing is, is really driven by, by you know, the, the, the government, uh, banks and others. I mean, banks typically, typically don't want cash because it's too costly. So, I mean, we have contributed to the fact that we make it possible for everyone to get access to an infrastructure, but the whole sort of transformation and change is driven, driven elsewhere. What are the biggest challenges for your company at the moment? Uh, we, you know, priority one, two and three is growth. You know, growing the business and uh, the way we see it is that, you know, Europe is changing, the world is changing. We don't believe that Sweden, for example, uh, will be able to, to uh, uh, take care of employment through the big companies that, that we used to do with the Volvos and SKFs and Ericssons of, of Sweden. And what Sweden is really good at is, is empowering entrepreneurs. And if we can help them grow the business, they can employ one more person and that will take care of unemployment. Your company is very much a, a poster, a, a pin-up for a successful Stockholm startup, and a lot of people actually suggested you when we put the word out. Who else should we interview on the Stockholmer that's inspiring? But I think it's also good to talk about when things don't go so well. I'd like to know an example of when you've when you've messed up or something that you, if you could go back and do it again another way, that you might. Oh my God! I don't think I would like to go back and do it again. I think. Most entrepreneurs running businesses, if you ask them, you know, would you do this a second time? Most of the most of us would say no, <laughs> because uh, something that you thought would be so easy to do or you know straightforward or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it always turns out to be the you know some sort of roller coaster ride from hell. Really, but most of the time it's it's fun, but there are days when you're really not that keen to go to work. But uh, I mean, things we we mess up. You know, 99 out of, out of 100 things we do, we mess up. You know, th- these types of companies, what we do is we try things, we test them, we validate with data, and uh, 99 out of 100 times we, we conclude that the change that we made to, to a service or a product was for the worse. Who else inspires you? You know, it depends from which angle you, you look at it, but I mean, I'm, I'm pretty inspired actually by many of our customers, if you like, the merchants that we work with on a daily basis, small businesses, or they are sole traders, and, you know, they go to work on a daily basis, and they, they make their coffee, and they make the sandwiches, and they sell that to, to people walking by their, their cafe, and then they go back in the next morning. You know, they are sort of the true heroes, in, in my opinion. I mean, there are so many, so many hard-struggling guys and, and girls out there working hard to make a, make a living and, and uh, that inspires me uh, then you know from a personal perspective I'm getting inspired by my, my children for example you know they, they are so uh, undamaged if you like you know they, they see the world from a totally different pair of eyes compared to, to, to adults and uh, I think that's pretty inspirational you know still they, they, they just see endless possibilities no problems did you make the most of the parental leave system here in Sweden? 480 days to share between a couple. How many of those did you take per child? I don't know exactly how many I took. Probably not as much as many other Swedish dads, but uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I think I struck a fairly good balance, you know, working with what I do and, and still being a, a father in Sweden. 
So where do you see your future? You're on your fourth company. Do you see iZettle as something you want to grow over the next 20, 30 years? Or or do you have other plans? No, I don't have any other plans. You know, the plan is to, to, uh, you know, we we start off in Sweden and I, I, you know, I'd really like to see iZettle being around for the next, you know, 100 years if possible. So, so creating a, a big company that can contribute to, to Sweden and to, to developments in general, that would be my, my dream. And finally, what's your tip to somebody that's sat at home and, and they've maybe had that light bulb moment like you did with your wife at, at, at the different trade shows and they've got this, this, the bare bones of an idea. What would be your biggest tip to them as they start their journey? I mean, there are so many times that I hear friends and, and uh, people that I meet, you know, tell me about, you know, I had this idea and I thought about it for some time. And then four months later, I saw that idea. Somebody else had sort of taken it or done something with it. The biggest difference between those who who actually go and do it and, and most other is really that, you know, you just need to put your foot down and, and get to it. You know, it's never been easier to... To, to be an entrepreneur in many ways. You know, with a very low risk, you can get your company started. You can find a, a coder online somewhere that you can pay for whatever idea that you have. You can get access to, to global markets with the help of uh, App Store, for example. And you can do uh, you know, very simple and cost-efficient marketing on Facebook or on Google, for example. So the risk of starting a company has never been lower. Uh, the complexity of making it a success is as difficult as ever. <laughs> You've been listening to The Stockholmer, an independent podcast by Maddie Savage with production assistance from Benoit Derrière. Join our community on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to find out more about our inspiring guests. And if you'd like to see your business joining the likes of My News Desk and Capital in sponsoring the podcast, we would love to hear from you.